Hey, welcome to Bustin' Balls, our podcast talking about draft prospects, the future, all the sports, NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, all that. Uh, focusing in today on the Lions after their loss to Minnesota on Sunday. And uh, where are they player personnel-wise? Uh, I know that the focus this week, and justifiably so, uh, has been on uh, Dan Campbell and a couple really questionable decisions. You know, the, the Seabird field goal attempt with some kicker who's, you know, uh, Sir Shank a lot. <laughs> and uh, you also had a situation uh, with a timeout where he didn't learn from last year uh, when they uh, lost to the Ravens and they let the offense regroup. Uh, didn't really have anything defensively planned and it backfired on him. So coaching management was a big issue in this game, but so is player personnel. And I'm joined by Evan Jenkins, as I am every week, our webmaster extraordinaire. And Evan, uh, you know, if you look at their younger players, how much progress have they actually made? Aiden Hutchinson's got a very low grade, especially on pass rush from pro football focus. Uh, he's had one half in which he made three sacks. Uh, one of those sacks, he wasn't blocked. The other two, the quarterback basically ran into him. Not that, you know, getting a couple sacks isn't a big deal, but other than that half, it's basically like, where is he? And he's out there all the time. And also, uh, if you look at uh, what they've gotten from uh, Jamison, well, you know what they got. He's not on the team right now, ready to play. And Paschal hasn't played. Uh, Malcolm Rodriguez is a good addition, but he's not reminded anybody of Ray Lewis either. It's just that they've had a pretty good pick. And now that they've had a couple injuries, the lack of depth starts to expose itself. So right now, uh, the Lions are one and two. They're about where they actually should be. And uh, you can focus it all in on Dan Campbell and everything. But uh, if they were two and one right now, uh, I wouldn't be, I'd probably be telling a lot of people to pump the brakes and saying different things about them. And they would get all mad at me hmm. uh, because uh, I, I know where they're at. They're not even remotely a contending team at this point. They're a work in progress. And if they win this week, and they're certainly a winnable game against Seattle. And if they win the following week against New England, it's certainly a winnable game, especially with Mac Jones sideline. Uh, you get to see your good buddy Brian Hoyer play. Uh, it, bottom line, you know, they'll be three and two, and then people will be like overly excited because they won a couple games. But to me, uh, it's about their personnel. How good is their personnel getting? That's what this podcast is about. I got to be honest with you, their personnel is still lacking. It's kind of obvious. And a lot of the things that people are getting excited about, really, they haven't been as good as they think they are. Uh, Jared Goff at quarterback and uh, Jeff Okuda at corner. Uh, just because they're not that bad doesn't mean they're that good. And uh, I think everybody's kind of getting carried away in certain ways about any kind of uh, uh, element that's good. Amar um, Ross St. Brown's a real deal, uh, but he's banged up in that game. Uh, DeAndre Swift's the real deal, but can he stay healthy? That's a problem. And Tracy Walker, uh, to me, is their best defensive player. Uh, when I look at everybody on their defense, and he's hurt. He's out for the year. So uh, where are they at? Their, their defense, for one thing, isn't that good. And the quarterback situation remains where, hey, if something happens with Goff, their season's over. And Goff is not the long-term answer if you're going to have a championship team. 
So they're, you know, five, six, seven wins, uh, making some progress with some younger players would be good. Minnesota, quite frankly, has a better team than they do. Yeah, and it's, so it's funny that you mentioned Aiden Hutchinson. You know, he's played three games now. And it's interesting because the first game he had one tackle. And then against Minnesota, he had none. So I guess the question would be, you know, let's say this guy ends up with 11 sacks and he got him in four games, five games. You know what I mean? Don't you want a more complete player out of Aiden Hutchinson with being he can tackle, he can stop the run for a loss? It's more than just a sack guy. Or or maybe I'm off on that one. But I felt when you draft Aiden Hutchinson number two overall, he's a, he's a very good player. When he gets to the quarterback, that that's awesome. This isn't have anything to do with the team that I root for, but you would expect to have a three-down guy that's really going to cause problems on the edge for teams. And it seems like teams are either scheming for him and taking him away, or maybe even that injury was more severe than what we as the media and fans actually were uh, privy to know. You know what I mean? Well, like, I, 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 I don't know uh, on the injury front. I just know that uh, in, in, since he's, he's this year, he has not been as good as I thought he was going to be. When we were talking about this time last year, and I was telling you, Evan, that's the guy that the Lions should be looking at trying to take. And, uh, you know, he, he just hasn't been that impact player. He hasn't been that good. Even the half that he had in that game against Washington, you know, he got sacks was misleading. And actually, Jermaine Johnson uh, with the Jets uh, has been a better player than him so far this year. He grades out much higher, uh, better run defender. And the kid from Florida State, who was the ACC uh, Defensive Player of the Year last year, he's been better. Right. Uh, and uh, last week, uh, you know, big game inside from the big fellow with the Eagles. Uh, he had a big game. Oh, Jordan Davis, yeah. Jordan Davis, uh, where, you know, he's starting to, you know, flash. So the question is, did they make the right pick there? You know, Thibodeau's been hurt, and there are some other guys. But the truth of the matter is, uh, Aiden Hutchinson has not lived up to the billing so far. Does it mean his career is over and all that? No, certainly not. But let's be honest about it. Uh, it's not good. Right, and this is a league where you need to produce, especially being – a top pick. And, you know, you brought up Jeffrey Okuda and that's a guy that went, you know, number three. And so all the expectations were through the roof because what it was since like Sean Springs or something crazy like that, that a cornerback had gone in the top five. It had been since Sean Springs. And so you draft a corner that high, like even Deion Sanders wasn't that high, right? That no, you were Charles Woodson. Right. And you expect to get that. And so I think that's, that's interesting because he is, listen, he's still a young player with the Detroit Lions. He missed all of last year with that Achilles after playing the first game. But are we looking at Okuda as, are we judging him based off of not playing in the hate that he got because Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn drafted him? Or are we judging him based on the actual performance that he had on the field? I mean, there was one play that I know um, uh, Olafanyu got flagged, but they both did. And they called the penalty on Oafanyu and not Jeff Okuda. And I feel like some people are also missing that. So I would like to hear your input on what, what you think Okuda has done so far this year. And is he getting just due, maybe too much credit? What do you think? Well, he's getting too much credit for playing a brilliant game against Minnesota because uh, he, Dustin Jefferson didn't have stats. 
Uh, think of a basketball game where you run a box on one or a diamond in one. Uh, all they did was roll their coverages to Jefferson. Right. And what they were banking on is that a warrior uh, would be able to defend Adam Thalen one on one, you know, figuring I'm just, this is an educated guess. Nobody told me this. Right. That Thalen is, who is one of the great receivers in the league the last five years or so, up until last year, you know, in the top 10, maybe even the top five, is now slowed down. They didn't target him in the first few games. It was all about Jefferson, so pick your poison. It's like, we're going to take Jefferson out of the game, and you're going to have to go one-on-one, or Warrior. They put some faith in him to defend Thalen one-on-one. And quite frankly, Adam Thalen twisted around Amani Awarie like a pretzel. Yeah, it was it, like going to like going to you know uh, uh, Wetzel's pretzels up at the mall up here by my house. I'm you a know, big fan of those. And Wetzel. Yep. You know, or you know whatever you want, like Hot Sam's or whatever they have. You but, know, just missing the mustard or whatever. It was ridiculous. He you, know, you should have got called for the other penalty, and everybody knew that. Right. And so, just based off of what you said, don't you? And obviously, this is playing Monday morning quarterback. But wouldn't you, if Okuda is your best cover guy, wouldn't you have uh, a warrior with the box and what you know what I'm saying, double covering Jefferson, and then letting Okuda go after Thielen one on one? I'm I'm well, only I, I, I don't I don't uh, you know uh, that's a debatable thing. But uh, I think the idea that if the roles were flip flop that uh, you would have a situation where Okuda was just a blanketed uh, Adam Thalen. And, uh, you know, but, but Jefferson would have got all wide open because Okuda on him is a, to me, in my opinion, a false narrative. Okay. Okuda clearly is helpful. He's clearly a good player. His pro football focus uh, grade is relatively high, 42nd among corners in the NFL. And I look, I don't study every corner in the NFL like pro football focus with a bunch of eyes and everything like that. Look over every play. But on the eyeball test that I have, that's about where he should be. He's helping them. He's come back from injury. He deserves tons of credit. But he, he, this thing like he's so great and he took Jefferson out of the game is hogwash. They did it because of their scheme and some fine play by him, perhaps. Yeah. What do you make of Brad Holmes' first two drafts? I mean, granted, we're only through three games in the second year, but, I mean, Ali McNeil, I don't know if he's taking a step back, if teams are scheming for him, but you don't hear his name as much anymore. Well, he's not, you know, he's not played poorly. He hasn't played well. He hasn't been that bad. Uh, uh, Iriziki has not been good. All right, he's been hurt. When he played, he was ineffective relatively. Imofuanu, who was taken with the third pick that they received, the first pick from the Stafford trade, has not been impactful. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with Corey Joseph now that Tracy Walker's out. Kirby. Uh, uh, Kirby Joseph. Yeah, I'm Corey sorry. plays on the Pistons. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, Kirby Joseph, my bad. Oh, you're fine. Uh, Illinois. Uh, so how that's all going to fit into it. Um, Rodriguez has been a good find. I mean, he's a good player, and I don't know, you know, he, he can cover out of the backfield, he can run, he's hard-nosed, they needed an inside backer. But if you think about it, uh, at that pick, 45th, where they took Pascal, 
uh, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State has been awesome for the Bears so far. Yeah. He was taken 48th. So when you look at some of the comparables that are coming up, uh, they're not so good. And also the situation, Evan, with uh, Okuda, uh, you know, there was all this angst and everything, and then people were writing off Tua. Uh, but there isn't, you know, Lions, if they had taken Tua, would be in a lot better shape uh, for their future, I think. So, uh, you know, the, and that wasn't a, a, a Brad Holmes pick, but that is the player that's come back and getting a lot of a uh, younger player, getting a lot of uh, genuflecting about it. Hell, him and Herbert, right? Yeah, well, Herbert, not so good last week, but I told everybody this at the start of the year when you're talking about quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence right now, his second year is a lot better than he was his first year. You know, Justin Fields hasn't been very good in terms of passing and all that. But somehow the Bears are two and one. That's what I was talking about earlier. It's just, I mean, they're doing, they have Justin Fields out there, but he's not losing the games for them. You know what I mean? They're two and one football team right now. And I think if you would have polled 100 Harrises around the state asking which team was more likely to be two and one, the Lions or the Bears, I would guess 90% would have said the Lions. Well, the point is everybody's getting excited about the Lions because they had such a good game against commanders in a way. Uh, that people, you know, just coupled with hard knocks and all that, mm-hmm. just get ahead of themselves. And it's like I said, now they're like same old Lions. Dan Campbell's the worst coach ever because he's made a lot of game management decisions that haven't worked in a relatively short period of time, including last week. And now everybody's writing them off. And these are two winnable games they have coming up. And if they win them, all of a sudden, you know, it's going to be up and down and up and down. And the point of this podcast a lot of times is to tell you what's actually happening. Sure. And what's actually happening is you're seeing growing pains and you're seeing a team that's trying to hang on so that it makes an incremental improvement this year. You know, they're not nearly ready for anything yet, let alone prime time. Right. And we're looking at a team that we knew didn't have much depth coming into the season. And now when you see these injuries happen, you're going to just instantly throw these guys to the wolves. And and like you said about, about Kirby and, and Dan Campbell was on with uh, Stoney and Jansen this morning and talked about he might get a shot now. You know that Tracy Walker is hurt and done for the year and what they're going to do at safety. But you know well, what? That's when you're going to see whether their coaching staff has gotten their younger player up to snuff. Right. And whether when you put them out there against NFL athletes at full pace and full time, uh, whether he can keep pace. Sure. And I, I, I'm also curious about what you think. I mean, hey, this Lions team, when it's all said and done, we're going to be looking, what, a year or two down the road for them to really compete if everything stays the course, right? And, well, yes. And we look at, like, Jamison Williams, who they drafted. We're not going to see, I don't know, Thanksgiving maybe. We'll get to see him maybe a little bit later than that. But that kid's going to have a lot of pressure on his shoulders too, don't you think? That you, I mean, St. Brown is a great find. You've got to applaud Brad Holmes on that, and he's right. pissed off, and he's blaming everybody under the sun for not going higher. But you know what? Sometimes things are meant to happen the way that they, they did, right? But <laughs> if we get to the point in the season where we were last year where St. Brown's the only guy out there and Jamison Williams may be, you know, number two receiver, is he going to be at an unfair disadvantage when he's starting the year? You know what I mean? Like if the team is down, 
like they were last year where Goff got hurt and every receiver got hurt. It seemed like the old line was hurt. If the Lions aren't competing, do you even bring him in this year to play football? I don't know what his health issue is. I think if he gets some snaps under his belt and practice time under his belt and reps under his belt, uh, he's not something that's like a, a a piece of water for Crystal. You're paying him for this year. Right. Play him. And you have him build up uh, some, uh, you know, the experience so that he knows during the preparation time, during the offseason, exactly what he's, he's facing. So you get a pretty good guy doing that. Uh, he can come in and maybe make a play or two, too. If he does, uh, he's going to be the greatest thing we've had in this town since, uh, gosh, Mike Williams and Charles Rogers. You know, I mean, it's just kind of the way it is uh, with it. But uh, that pick in the Paso pick, it's more important that they do well down the road. Sure. And uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to work. But they definitely need Aiden Hutchinson to be better. They definitely need to sort out what they're going to do at quarterback moving forward. Uh, because teams that have more cap space, and this is a team that was already scrapped because of some of the Bob Quinn uh, decisions. You know, if you look at their – uh, dead cap space. You see names like Jamie Collins, hmm. and, you know, uh, Flowers and, and players like that on the list. They need to get out of that. And part of that would help them to get more players, more depth, in addition to their draft picks developing year to year uh, to uh, have uh, certain situations. And, you know, some of their picks, like they have a running back situation. Now, some teams take a running back in the seventh round, they can pop them in there. Is Jamar Jefferson going to be popped in there? They don't have their fast back right now. Right. Or is it going to be that Justin Jackson? Yeah, I got, you know, and that's a the guy they added. Yeah. You know, Quinn, Quinn's gone out and got former number one picks like Hughes, but there was a reason the teams that he was on before, including the Vikings who drafted him, didn't keep him. Right. And uh, so those uh, different moves. And if you look at the first year of his draft, how much year-to-year improvement has come from those players? Is Elam McNeil better now? Looks kind of the same as he did last year, from what I can tell. Yeah. And uh, if you look at the pro football focus, which is looking at it, which I often use as a reference, especially with inside guys, you know, it's kind of the perception seems to be reality. Uh, Uzarike, is he contributing? Is Imifuantu contributing? You know, who's contributing from his uh, first draft? Right. Well, it's still Mara St. Brown and Penny Sewell at this point. Uh, there's been no big breakout player uh, from that draft from last year to this year. And then this year's draft has contributed minimally uh, so far. Hutchinson has not been all that. And uh, despite my predictions, he would be. He, he hasn't been to this point. Malcolm Rodriguez has clearly outkicked the coverage. But it's not like he's Ray Lewis either. No, know, he's right? an NFL guy, and on a team that's competing, he's probably more of a depth guy than a starter. Yeah, and uh, I think that sometimes we're trained in this town uh, with the Lions. They have a low standard. And uh, if somebody's not that bad, we think they're really good. Hmm. Ain't that true? And I think there's been some of that here. Um, you mentioned the dead cap space, and I had to look it up. You're You're right, like – Trey Flowers is $12 million in dead cap money. Jamie Collins is $6 million. And then you get Terrell Williams. I totally right. forgot they had him. And then you'll love this one to buy. Yeah, he's still <laughs> on there. You yeah. know, the Bob Quinn, these guys inherited a mess. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, so, and, uh, so I don't want to jump out, especially like Aaron Glenn, people getting on him. You know, when you look at the situation, he's, he's got a terrible defense personnel-wise. Yeah. He's got a couple edge rushers who have some, uh, you know, the twitch movement. They're fast, you know, and they can do things. Harrison Hutchinson. But he doesn't have a lot, you know, when you're putting a, a warrior out on an island saying, well, he had six interceptions last year. Uh, he, he really has never really played up to what he is. And Will Harris is out there trying to defend against A.J. Brown and some of the other stuff that they've had. Uh, it, it, Aaron Glenn's in a lot of damned if you do, damned if you don't situations. Yeah, so, like, overall, like, if you had to, I, this is, I hate this when it comes to it, but put, like, a, a letter grade on the rookies and second-year players, where, where would you be at with that? Because, I mean, Brown gets an A++++, plus 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 plus, right? He's their best right. receiver. I wholeheartedly believe he is their best receiver. You can say whatever you want about, you know, um, 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 Josh Reynolds or DJ Shark, whatever it might be. St. Brown's the number one guy, in my opinion. Right. But other than that, has it been lackluster? Uh, Penny Sewell was a good pick. Okay, and yes, yes. Whether they should have taken Parsons. Uh, we'll see how Fields does. But Penny Sewell is a really good player and a, a, a bedrock. He's been what was anticipated. Um, and Malcolm Rodriguez is an A. You know, I mean, he's a guy that he, they put in to start right away. And at minimum, I mean, he's going to help your team as a six-round pick. So I'm hesitant to, you know, label their drafts as bust because uh, Brad Holmes has hit on some picks in areas where the Lions never hit the fourth round. Or and they sixth never hit for, the sixth round. Yeah. Other than Quandre Diggs, you know, that was the one time, and that was over a long period of time. And really bad in the second round, bad in the third round. But I think there's been some disappointments along the way. So I would say, you know, B or C. Depending. Okay. You know, I used to have to do that when I was a beat writer. And if I graded them, uh, you know, too easy, uh, fans would go, eh, just being a homer. And if I grade them too tough, I'd go in the locker room and go, well, how could you give me this grade? You know, so, uh, you know, you can't win on that one. But it hasn't been an over-resounding uh, success so far, but it certainly hasn't been a disappointment. Um, like I said, Evan, it's like everything's in the middle of something. It's not in, at a definitive point. And uh, I think that this week's game – now, Geno Smith has played very well at quarterback for Seattle. He has. But he's still friggin' Geno Smith. And, uh, but Pete Carroll's that coach. Uh, Lions, the Lions drop from six to four and a half because of their injuries. They're four and a half point favorites. It's definitely a game they should win. And you know this as well as anybody. And I don't know if people realize this, but, you know, for year after year, you were down there in the locker room after the games. And you would wait with me, and we would watch the games on TV because I had to do my writing, and you wanted to get down there on time to get your sound on that TV in the, in the uh, media area. And year after year, they had losses like they had on, on Sunday. I mean, it's just different scenarios, but same thing. Right. They blew it, right, for whatever reason. That's why I have such a hard time buying in because I saw, like, all off-season hard knocks, blah, blah, blah. You heard Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, whoever it was, talk about closing out football games. That's where they need to improve. And then I see that crap, and I'm like, nothing's changed. because. Right. but here's the thing. In the past, when that's happened to them. They collapsed. Going they out. collapsed. Yep. Glass jaw, man, like a boxer with a glass jaw. 
Johnny Morton in the ring with that uh, guy that got oh. out of the, uh, running the Hobart over at, uh, uh, you know, the Coney Island to fight him, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, boom, he's out like a light and that's it. Uh, will they bounce back? To me, you know, the whole uh, the SOL thing isn't really determined on that particular loss and how it happened. It's how they respond to it. Yep. And if they respond with a good win this week, to me, that's a real good sign. If they don't respond to it, you know, and they have some injuries to lean on and all those things, that to me is a sign that things haven't improved in the areas that the, everybody's been talking about because of hard knocks and, oh, it's a different culture and all the other things that uh, have been uh, become the narrative up until, oh, they lost. Yeah, and you're you're right because, I mean, you, you look at, like, Jamal Williams and – crying on hard knocks and we don't want to be like last year, blah, blah, blah. You're right. This is a great week to prove that you're not that team anymore because yeah. you're, you're right. You're favored again. This is the second time for like years that you've been favored, but there is going to be an interesting take here because Seattle does have good receivers, right? Metcalf is a good receiver. Great Lockett receiver. is a good receiver. Those are two guys that are really going to test you on the outside. Penny can run it a little bit. Yeah. You know? No, yep. Rashad Penny. You got Kenneth Walker's getting more and more into the mix there. Um, it's going to be interesting, but you're right. We haven't said this many times in the years. I've known you almost 20 years, Pat. There's only been maybe 10 times total that we've said the Lions should win this game, that they should win this game. And uh, hopefully that changes for this team because that's what, that's all I want to see. You're right, Pat, is the change. That wasn't. SOL, that was just a tough loss, but you're right. Rebounding and showing that you're not that team that's going to crumble every single time, then, yeah, I'll buy in more and more. And, yes, I'm a little bit more skeptical than others when it comes to it because I have sat down there year after year, game after game, and watched the same thing repeat itself where you and I could literally be like, Baltimore's going to score. Yeah, Vikings are going to score. Green Bay's going to score. Yeah, and – I don't even want to start getting into it because it's so many years, so many ways, so many different times. Uh, you know, it's just, it's different, but it's the same thing. Uh, the difference is the bounce back. Will it happen? And are these younger players, like, for example, Aiden Hutchinson right now, uh, people are saying he's not that good. You know, last time they said that after his first game, he came out on fire. Yeah. You know, how is he going to respond to that? You know, if he gets a couple more sacks, then, you know, things will be different or he makes some plays or puts a lot of pressures on. And he did make one very good play where he got in uh, Cousins' face on that pass that uh, K.J. Osborne was wide open and he overthrew him. So he's had some moments, but he hasn't been very good if he plays well. You know, if uh, somebody like Kirby Joseph, you know, is next man up and he can actually play, you know, that type of thing, then things will be different. And, uh yeah, George Perlis was his coach before uh, you were covering it. Wojo was covering it. I remember when George <laughs> Perlis yelled at him, I got a thyroid thing you don't know about. And, uh, you know, I was like, wow, uh, Wojo, he's mad at you. Because Wojo, of all people, was making fun of his weight, which I thought was like, hey, man, why don't you just point to his own weight, you know? But, uh, <laughs> you know, George Perlis, so he said, I have all these cliches. And he coached Michigan State. And one of them, you know, was very true even though I repeated it over and over again and I used to roll my eyes, but it was, you lose a game, but you don't lose your team. 
in the past when the Lions have lost games, those coaches have lost their team. Because you know, I got some players who are a little more comfortable than they want to be, or you got some rookies who really can't play and don't want to pay the price. It's a tough league in a rugged world. Uh, we'll see if it's different with Dan Campbell here. And there is a direct pointing of the finger at the coaching for that game. Sure, uh, absolutely. Because, uh, he didn't put his players, uh, because of his game management, in a couple positions where they could do their best. So we'll see if he keeps his team. And uh, you know, the Jamal Williams thing, and I, I said this at the time, that's cool. But I know this, he played for uh, Chippewa Valley. I guarantee you had somebody that was yelling in the huddle, we're going to do this and that, we're going to be you know, doing the crying and all that stuff. I remember when I was in high school many years ago. And hell, we went out and got our ass kicked. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're only as good. You know, that that would happen sometimes. Yeah. You know, know, we were playing number one team in the state, Harrison. We had beaten them the year before. And we had somebody go out there and break the mirror that was in the locker room leading out to there. And he beat us 40 to nothing. (laughs) No, you're right. You're only as good as the players that are out there, right? And and motivation goes so far and good culture and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it seems like a lot of people hate Bill Belichick, but the guy won. I mean, I, I was told a quote about Scotty Bowman. You would hate him 364 days of the year, but on that 365, when you get that ring, you're going to love the guy. Right. So, I mean, at the and, end of the day, uh, that's all that it, matters. It's, it's about those moments. Mm-hmm. You know, there's five or six moments in a game that decide it. Against the commanders, what was so uh, encouraging was the five or six moments they had the big play. Right. They didn't have penalties. But last week, you know, the couple of bad game management decisions, you know, a couple of defensive backs running into each other. You know, a guy can't uh, defend a guy, so he starts hugging him like, uh, you know, it's homecoming dance. And, uh, you know, all those things, you know, add up. And, uh, you know, you get a 14 nothing lead and you don't close the half. You know, we talked about that a lot. First half ending for the Lions. You've got to close the first half. Well, otherwise you put yourself behind the eight ball, especially if the other team gets the kickoff in the second half. Yep. No, so, you're, but anyway, you're so yeah. right, Pat. I mean, let's let's hope that that progression is going up and not down. I mean, there's still a lot of football left, and yes, we're not calling Aiden Hutchinson a bust by any means. You just want to see production game in and game out. You can't have empty games. That's the thing that we don't want to see, right? That's right. Anyway, enjoyed it. Don't forget to uh, like us, uh, subscribe to us on uh, uh, the uh, Apple uh, Store, uh, iTunes Store, and uh, Google uh, Store. An Odyssey and, app and anywhere Odyssey. you get your podcast, basically. Yeah, you do that. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. It's Pat Caputo98 on Twitter, King of the KC, on uh, Twitter for Evan, and uh, Facebook. These will all be posted up there. But uh, we appreciate your support. And we talk about all the sports. The NHL, we'll do something on the Red Wings as the season approaches. We'll do more Tigers in their offseason. Uh, of course, the Pistons are ratcheting up right now. Man, did you see uh, uh, the uh, shots of Killian Hayes taking three-pointers? Oh, look at his form. Oh, he's got a new form, I saw. And Beef yeah. Stew's out there shooting threes. And I'm like, oh, God, if this is what we're getting into this year, yeah, it's going to be a long year. A lot of stories about that, but uh, no, we'll get into all that. It's about drafts, prospects, the future. Looking ahead, what is and what isn't. And that's where the bust and balls part comes in because 
lot of the myths out there, I think you'll find out here, uh, that with a lot of facts backing it up, uh, we bust those narratives. But anyway, until next time, we'll see you.